Welcome. Welcome back to my closet. Welcome back to the closet. <laughs> That's what we should just call the The, the Brio in the Closet podcast. <laughs> For those of you that have missed in previous episodes, this little room that we're in, this is our walk-in closet mm-hmm. beside our bedroom. We spend more time in our closet than most people do. <laughs> It's a nice closet. David made this closet very nice for us. Yeah. He took all the hangy stuff off the wall, yeah. put a little laminate flooring up there. <laughs> Got everything we need here in the closet. It's good for breakdancing. <laughs> There's no clothes in this closet. No clothes in our closet. Just endless discussions about health and fitness. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about routines. Routines. Getting good routines going. Right. What's a routine? Something you can do without having to like consciously think about it you know mm-hmm. it's just part of your day yeah doesn't take any mental effort zero mental effort no motivation barely even any discipline required yeah. to complete those things they're just so rote and like automated like a robot that it barely even enters your level of conscious thought right things like brushing your teeth yeah nobody phrases it like how do you motivate yourself to brush your teeth it's like yeah you don't need motivation. You just brush your teeth every yeah. day. It's just a habit, just a routine that you do. You wake up before you go to bed. You know, nobody goes, oh, how do you stay so disciplined to shower? You're like, <laughs> you don't need discipline to have a shower. You just do, right? Yeah. These are things that just, they're just habits. Yeah. So trying to sneak in or build more good, positive, healthy habits into the routine, into those things that require no mental effort. Right. And we're going we're gonna to talk about this outside of the gym. Right? Yeah. This is going into it assuming that you're already working out with intensity three to five times a week. Mm -hmm. What do you do with the rest of your day? Yeah. And these are like your daily routine things you can do to help you get the most out of your habit of already going to the gym, training hard. I would say the first thing that you should attack if it's not already part of your daily consistent routine is just a consistent bedtime. Yeah. Um, That's a tough one for a lot of people for sure. Yeah. A lot of people Uh, like to stay up late. Apologies to our shift workers. Yeah. Sorry guys. (laughs) Sorry guys. (laughs) Um, but having your, the body loves a good circadian rhythm, right? Circadian is like your 24 hour cycle, having a good consistent bedtime, super important to set yourself up for a good night's sleep. A good night's sleep is super important for like everything. Yeah. Mental health, brain repair, muscle repair and growth, managing your hormones, managing your glucose, like everything comes from the foundation of a good night's sleep. Right. So number one, most important routine, pick a bedtime. If you don't already have a consistent one. And then try to make it just part of the routine. Yeah. And it's, let's say you are a night owl and you tend to stay up till one or two in the morning sometimes and you decide, okay, I'm, I'm going to start trying to go to bed at 1030. You probably can't just like day one, boom, laying in bed, 1030 when you're used to staying up till two, you'll just be staring at the ceiling, you know, thinking about things that happened to you in grade three, (laughs) (laughs) like I tend to do. When I can't sleep. Uh, so you might need to like dial it back slowly, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that first night you go to bed at one and then the next couple of nights you try for 1230 and you just start slowly dialing it back. Mm-hmm. So from that consistent bedtime, then you can kind of work backwards in your daily routine of like, what are you going to do for the last couple hours before that bedtime? So mm-hmm. say you pick 1030, you're like starting at maybe eight ish. What am I, what's my evening routine? What's my pre bedtime routine. One of the easiest things you can do is dim the lights. Yeah. Go around your house, turn off all the overhead lights and stick to just low lamps. So you start to get your brain in the, in the mindset of like, it's dark, especially in the summer where it's still really light outside, which is, it's hard sometimes for us to sleep when we live this far North, dim the lights. You can set a reminder on your phone, 
8 p.m. Boop. Dim the lights. Ours, our house is automatic. Yeah. When you renovated our house a couple years ago, David put in this elaborate lighting system that it's all pre-programmed. Um, at 8 p.m., the lights dim and they filter out all the blue light. So it goes to this very low sort of sunset mimicking orangish light. Yeah. So if you're ever at our house at 8 p.m. and you're like, <laughs> am I having a stroke? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> yeah. That's um, us preparing your brain to produce melatonin. Yeah. And it used to be like when we did it, those lights were super expensive and hard to find. But now you can go to Home Depot and they have LED lights that are just standard bulb. And when they dim down, they also change color. So you'll get more red light and no mm -hmm. blue light. Yeah. So blue light specifically um, acts on the melanopsin receptors in the back of your eye to stimulate wakefulness or suppress melatonin production. So having low or no blue light exposure in those last couple hours before bedtime is super important. Ideally, you're doing no screens, yeah. no TV, no phone, no computer. If you have to, you should use blue light filters on those things. There's on your computer, there's a little program called F.Lux. Newer computers just have it built in where they have like sunrise and sunset dimming. Same thing, it'll filter out the blue light. Most new phones have it. Our, we have Samsung's, it's called Eye Comfort Shield. I used to use an app called Twilight, mm -hmm. which would do the same thing just at a predetermined time, changes the color of the screen. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people in their less <laughs> healthy habits in the evening will like, grab the bag of chips and plunk themselves down in front of the TV. That's yeah. their like evening routine, snacks and TV. Right. So, which is what? It's just your way of relaxing and unwinding. You still need to do that. You should still relax and unwind. You just need to switch the behavior of what you're doing to relax and unwind from blue lights, screaming colors in your eyes and, and snacks to almost anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you like a nice warm bath. Maybe you do some stretching. Maybe yeah. you like to journal. Maybe you like to meditate. Maybe you like to go for an evening stroll. Like yeah. any reading under a low lamp. Yeah. Anything else that helps you wind down, relax. But there has to be that winding down and relaxing part yeah. of your day. And again, if you're used to staying up till midnight watching TV, you're going to have to like slowly make these changes. You can't just immediately change it the next day and mm -hmm. expect it to work. So start slow, dial it back try to find those habits that will allow you to distill de-stress mm -hmm. that aren't taking away from your other health. Or maybe you're like, okay, I still might go to bed at midnight, but I'm going to spend my evening listening to an audiobook instead mm -hmm. of watching TV. Yeah. Fine. Whatever. Listen to a podcast. This one, for example. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that helps you have a good night's sleep is not eating right before yeah. bedtime. Insulin suppresses melatonin as well. So when you're done dinner, just be done. Yeah. Ideal is you're done eating four hours before that bedtime, but two to three hours is still pretty good. Yeah. So if your bedtime is 1030, I would say, you know, eat dinner at 630, done by seven and that's it for the night. Like, so that's going to do a few things. going to set you up for a better sleep and it's going to stop you from that mindless shitty snacking. Chances are the food choices being made after 10 PM are not the best ones. Yeah, right? so. absolutely. That's a big one for me. And you know, with the way we work, our last class is at 7.30. So if I'm closing in an evening, if I eat after I work, I will notice a significant difference in my level of sleep than if I don't work that night and I eat, I stop eating at seven or whatever time. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a huge one for me. Yeah, I've posted a bunch of data from my aura ring before. And one of the things is I'm really good at deep sleep. Like I'll get double or sometimes close to triple the amount of deep, slow wave sleep that a female from my age normally would. 
And a big part of that is just like the, well, the light exposure, but also that I generally tend not to eat super late at night or not a lot anyway. Yeah. If I do, it's just like a little bite here and there, but no big meals super late. But if I do eat late, it definitely suppresses my ability to get a lot of good deep sleep. Yeah. I'm waking up more. You can see my heart rate is higher all night. My HRV will be suppressed because your body's just like active doing stuff to digest. Yeah. So consistent bedtime. Yeah. A decent pre-bedtime routine of low light and some relaxing activity that doesn't involve snacking and screens. Mm -hmm. Then when you wake up from that hopefully awesome restorative sleep, one of the best things you can do to set that circadian rhythm in the morning is to get outside. Yeah. Get some natural bright light exposure on your skin and in your eyes as early as possible. Yeah. That means no sunglasses. No sunglasses. (laughs) Don't live in perpetual dusk. Yeah. I almost never wear sunglasses unless I'm like driving into the sun and it's like unsafe. It's like a hazard. Yeah. Um, but some I, people like, I know the bright lights can affect other conditions. Like they get migraines or whatever and that sucks. But if mm-hmm. you can even have some indirect like light in the morning, you know, you don't have to just go outside and stare at the sun. <laughs> you just have to be out in outside. the, like sit in the shade, yeah. but look out into the trees and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, just. Yeah. Be outside, natural light. Get some nature in your face. Get some nature in your face. But yeah, I'm not literally advocating staring at the sun. <laughs> <laughs> don't misunderstand what we're saying. <laughs> don't Donald Trump this one. Yeah. Um, if it's winter and it's too cold to go outside, like at least just be near the window or something yeah. like natural light exposure. And that's another tough there. one for living in this climate is in the winter. It's, it's the sun isn't out until like nine. Yeah. So when you're up at six or seven, you're going to feel more groggy through the, the winter because you haven't had that light exposure to like get your brain going and wake up and. And all those lights that you turned off at night, go turn them all on yeah. in the morning. If it's still dark out when I have to wake up early and it's dark outside, I use a sunrise alarm that that um, wakes me up with light mm-hmm. so that you're at least starting that circadian rhythm of, of when those melanopsin receptors in your eye are saying, it's daytime. So you should, your normal circadian rhythm is a peak of cortisol in the morning, gets you up, gets you going. Um, cortisol falls towards evening, and then you have a peak of melatonin in the evening. Those two things need to work opposite to each other. Yeah. Cortisol is your get up and go. Melatonin is your sleep sleepy hormone. Right. Um, you can also in the morning continue to extend that fasting window. So if you weren't eating the last couple hours before bedtime, try not to eat for the first couple hours after you wake up growth hormone peaks while you're sleeping. And then you want to let that growth hormone do its thing and kind of like come and fall back down naturally, which it will do for the first couple hours after you wake up. If you start eating, especially carbohydrate foods, insulin suppresses growth hormone. So Um, then you interfere with that repair and recovery process. Yep. And a lot of people will wake up and immediately eat something. And I don't know if it's the same for everybody else, but I'm, I'm, I don't need to eat immediately as soon as I wake up. I'm mm-hmm. not like dying, starving. And if you are, chances are something you're eating the night before is probably not the best idea. Mm-hmm. But it's just such an easy way to extend that fasting window. Because if you stop eating at seven and then get up and eat at seven, like that's 12 hours, which is... Okay. Mm-hmm. But if you can just wait till nine, even like that's 14 hours and that's better. Or if you can wait till 11, like that's really starting to be a big chunk of the day. Mm-hmm. I remember I used to wake up in the morning and in the shower, I would have a bowl of vector cereal <laughs> <laughs> because then I could have a nice long shower. How does that even work? What? I just have my back to the water and I hold my bowl and I eat it. And then you wash your dishes in the shower afterwards and you're good to go. <laughs> this is something I never knew. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? So. 
<laughs> don't do it. I don't even 20, know what to say to that. Don't do what 20 something year old David <laughs> 20 used to do. Year old David was a mess, you guys. <laughs> so glad I, I did found not you. know the extent of it. <laughs> you mean I didn't put that on my dating profile? What the hell? <laughs> I ate cereal and do my dishes in the shower. Still single. Wonderful. Yeah. Skills involved. Skills. Honestly, I'm at a loss for words right She's now. She's contemplating our marriage right now. Like, Is this who I really want to be Come a long with? way. Okay, anyway. Shower cereal dating. <laughs> Doing the dishes in the shower. Hey, bachelor. That's the part that gets me. Eating the cereal in the shower is yeah. one thing, but the fact that you just wash the dishes in there. Well, I mean, it all goes to the same place. I see the efficiency <laughs> in the idea. I, I didn't use body wash or anything. I just like, I just guess rinsed. I just rinsed. <laughs> Just vector cornflakes stuck to your feet at the end of your shower. <laughs> pro oh tip, guys. Pro, pro tip. tip. Well, hey, we're talking about time-saving routines. Yeah. Now I do it with bacon and eggs. <laughs> Imagine a shower, bacon and eggs. That's no, gross. I can't. It's gross. Okay, so through the rest of your day, after you've had your <laughs> cereal shower... Frequent movement. You just got to make moving around part of the routine. Yeah. Or really the routine is avoid prolonged sitting. Yeah. Try not to sit for more than an hour at a time. If you have a desk job, then you're going to have to build some routines around how to make yourself get up yeah. and move around. Lots of different ways to incorporate more general daily movement into whatever the style of your days are like. Some mm -hmm. people have very active jobs, you know, maybe like our nurses and stuff that are like run off their feet all the time. They don't have to put as much effort into it as just yeah. part of their job. If you have a desk job, you have to work at it a little bit. Yeah. I'm a pacer when I'm on the phone. So yeah. if I'm ever on the phone, I'm, I'm just walking around like aimlessly like <laughs> yeah. a zombie. And that's such an easy way to do it. You know, when you have something you don't have to be sitting for, you just get up and yeah. move. You know, it's like you have to go for a 20 minute walk, just move around your office or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe if you have a desk job, you make it a habit that every time you take a phone call, you stand up and pace around. Mm -hmm. Maybe you encourage walking meetings. If you have to have a meeting with someone, you go, hey, we're going to go for a walk for our meetings. Maybe you're going to walk on your breaks at work. Yeah. Part of how you can set that up in your routine is just make sure you're wearing comfy shoes when you go to work. You're wearing shoes that you can walk in, whether it's for meetings or on your breaks. Um, maybe you want to walk or bike to get places. Maybe you walk or bike to work. Maybe you walk or bike to the grocery store. I noticed actually, this is an aside the other day, um, more people walking to get groceries, like seeing more people walking around carrying bags of groceries since gas has been really expensive. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I just, I noticed more people are like out and about doing little general daily errands if it's within walking distance of their house. It, I don't know if that's real, but it seemed to me like mm -hmm. there was more people walking, which is great. Why not? Yeah. Why not go walk to get your groceries? You don't need your car to do that. Yeah. Um, another great habit to get into is little short walks after your major meals. Mm -hmm. Generally like a huge thing you hear repeated often is three 10 minute walks per day. Eat your meal, go for a little walk around the building, walk around the block, walk around the park, wherever you are. Um, if it's too cold, it's winter time. Maybe you're just like going up and down the stairs in your house. Maybe yeah. I will go like put laundry away and like be on my feet and just move around a little bit, even yeah. do some quick house chores, anything that has you like, on your feet. Yeah. It's not that it has to just be walking any kind of movement or, you know, action mm -hmm. is better than just sitting on a couch watching TV. Yeah. I always like to phrase things 
in the positive of like what you should do. But really what you're, what we're saying here is just don't sit all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Literally anything other than sitting or laying down is good. Yeah. And it, you see so many people where it's like they, they get out of bed, they have their cereal shower, they go to work, <laughs> <laughs> they sit at their desk all day long. They come home from work and they sit on the couch and they watch TV. And it's like literally for the whole day, they're either laying or sitting down, mm -hmm. you know, and of course you're going to have struggles if that's how you're living your life. And if you have a dog, great. Take the dog for a walk. Yeah. If you come to work out, awesome. But like one walk per day or one workout, 45 minutes of activity does not cancel out eight to 10 hours of sitting, right? Yeah. So it's, it's much more important that you avoid prolonged periods of sitting yeah. throughout your day than it is that you have an exercise routine for one short period of the day. Yeah. The general daily movement's way more important. Yeah. Way more of just a base. I remember hearing Jason Kalipa talk about Tabata intervals working, mm -hmm. right? Tabata intervals in exercise, 20 seconds of work, 10 seconds of rest. So he would, when he had to do like office work, he would sit and work for 20 minutes and then he would get up and move for 10 minutes. And he said it helped him like intensely work because you're focused and you're driven and you're like, okay, I've got to like hammer this out. Mm -hmm. And then the 10 minute break would also let him just like decompress and like get back to the intensity of the work. So mm -hmm. I know people get into a routine where they're like, I just have to get through this and I have to go. But sometimes you just need to like give yourself a moment and you can still be thinking about stuff while you're moving around, but just moving around will just help so much. Mm -hmm. It restores your focus. Yeah. Um, generally human attention span focuses about 90 minutes. Yeah. So if you're trying to do deep work, deep focus kind of stuff for longer than 90, you'll notice your attention starts to wander and you struggle mm -hmm. to pay attention. And that's where like, you know, I'm doing lots of schoolwork and I'm spending way more time sitting at the computer than I really ever have in my life. I don't love that part of it, but <laughs> it can be like, I finish watching a lecture and I'll beside my chair in my office, do a hundred air squats, or I could drop down to 20 burpees. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. matter what it is. I just need to like move around a bit and get some blood flowing and then go back to work. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people just laughed out loud when they said, get up and do a hundred air squats. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, try it sometime. Here's the thing with all these like habits is you just have to like try them on for size and mm -hmm. go, do what, can I do it? Do I hate it? And honestly, you have to try things like more than a few times because anytime sure. you try anything new, it's going to feel uncomfortable and weird and awkward and stupid. Yeah. Um, but if it's me by myself in my office and I do a hundred air squats, I don't care. Nobody can see me. It's, I realize it's different than a, if I was in an open concept workplace <laughs> in a suit and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, that's a little routine habit thing that can work for me. Maybe more realistic is you're going to go up and down the stairs in your office building, or you're going to go around walk around the parking lot or mm -hmm. things where you look like less of a weirdo. There goes Bill and his damn squats again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm squatting in my office. You're eating cereal in the shower. <laughs> Couple, We're killing it. A couple of here. weirdos over here. So then, um, obviously, you need to have good, healthy habits around what you eat. Right. People are much more routine than they realize, yeah. I think. And people eat with much less variety than they would immediately admit. Yeah. I think people that have a crappy diet feel like healthy eating is very restrictive. But then if you actually get them to write down what they're eating, they're eating the same like yeah. five shitty things. They're not eating a wide variety of foods. Yeah. Um, so there needs to be some habits around how you eat, especially in this day and age and things are just getting progressively worse with the quality in the food system. You have to be putting some effort in now. You yeah. can't just eat the default foods. You can't just eat food from a restaurant or even default foods from the grocery store. Cause like 
it's the same thing if I threw you out into the wilderness, into the forest and was like, hey, survive. Mm-hmm. It's like 99% of the things there are poisonous or trying to kill you. So you can think of the same thing when you go to the grocery store that you need to <laughs> tap into your like hunter gatherer instincts and very selectively, carefully pick through and find what is actually food. Yeah. What is actually and You can find plenty of stuff that's convenient, that's good for you. you it's getting just harder to, to do, but yeah. Well, yeah. But it's, you just got to put that work in, right? You can't just walk into the grocery store and grab a sub, a sub uh, sandwich and call her good to go. You yeah. know, you got to like actually look at some labels. You got to like find the stuff that's worth putting in your body. So some food routines, you got to meal prep or plan or something, set yeah. yourself up for success. Some people like a meal prep day, Yeah, like Sundays, they'll kind of cook all the food for the week and then it's there, it's in the fridge, it's ready to go. So you're making it easy. Mm-hmm. When you open the fridge, it's requiring zero cognitive effort of like, what am I going to eat? I'm going to eat any of these four types of meat that are already prepared. Yeah. Cool. I don't meal prep. I don't cook ahead of time. No. Um, I cook as needed. Yeah. You cook as needed. You're doing a lot more of it lately. We're lucky enough to have the time to yeah. cook. And, you know, a lot of people that are have a hard time wrapping their head around having like a Sunday cooking day will be like, Oh, well like Sunday's the day I hang out with my kids. It's like, cool. Like do mm-hmm. it with your kids, you know, like yeah. that's quality time with them. You're teaching them how to cook and you're showing them like what healthy stuff is and you can make it fun too. Mm-hmm. Child gotta, labor. Yeah. You oh, gotta yeah. Get them like <laughs> dash from the time he was like four mm-hmm. knew how to use a knife and chop vegetables. Yeah. He learned, you know, he learned how to do it safely and <laughs> You know, Didn't lose a single finger. Not not even a single finger. <laughs> Atlas, when he was, how old was he? Nine or 10 when he first went to chef school and yeah. taught him all kinds of kitchen safety and how to cook and everything. It's like a super important family value for me that our boys leave this house knowing how to cook, mm-hmm. having some skills. Yeah. Um, so I don't meal prep, but the way that I'm prepared is we always have a well-stocked freezer and fridge. Right. The freezer is full of all the different meats. We have the true local box subscription. So like two chicken breasts are vacuum packed. So I can go boop, 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 pull out what I need for dinner for that night in the morning. So there is a level of like semi preparedness. The things that are in the fridge, we only have healthy, good choices in the fridge in the pantry. We have zero junk food in the house on any given day. If we are having junk food, our rule is we try to make it from scratch. Mm -hmm. If we have a Saturday, we call it fatter day or cheat days. Um, then we buy only what we need for that one recipe. We eat it that one day and then it's gone. It's done. It's out of the house. So we have zero, um, chips, candy, snacks, junk food. The kids don't eat granola bars and fruit snacks and any of that garbage either. You don't need to keep, they don't need that. You don't need it in your house. If it's tempting for you, there's absolutely zero need for a kid. It's worse for a kid to eat that stuff than it is for a grown up. So, um, no excuses for like, Oh, it's for the kids. Garbage. Don't need it either. Garbage. Kids don't need it either. You yeah. want to do a good job of setting your kids up for success with healthy habits too. Mm-hmm. And they need to learn that they don't need treats every day. Yeah. Snacks and candy and sugar isn't, shouldn't be a daily expectation. Yeah. And that kind of this mindset of like, you feed yourself well, mm-hmm. like you're not, you feed yourself like royalty. If you're going to eat a treat it's a treat because you put effort into it, used amazing ingredients. You made it from scratch. It's delicious. It's using the freshest, best ingredients. You know, if we're going to make like a strawberry cheesecake, we're using like 
fresh strawberries from our garden because they're at the peak flavor and that's like good you know it's not mm-hmm. like oh i'm getting myself a treat it's like i got a twinkie from the <laughs> gas station it's like that's not a treat that's older that's than a you punishment yeah. you know it's like you're you're not treating yourself you're punishing yourself with those things so. yeah make it worth it yeah make it worth it and treat yourself like if somebody really important to you was coming to your house for dinner what would you cook for them like people want steaks and yeah you would nice- barbecue ribs and delicious things like that you would cook something nice from scratch you would show that person that you cared by putting some time and effort and thought into it you wouldn't be like here's some mcdonald's i picked up on the way home (laughs) thanks for visiting (laughs) you know that doesn't show any care love or attention so the same care and love and attention you would show to somebody else that you care about you need to show to yourself Mm -hmm. and your family and teach your kids that that's how they care for themselves too for sure um building a meal your habit is you're always just thinking protein first. Where's the animal protein on this plate? And then you build everything else around it. And that applies when you open your fridge door, you're eating at home. What's the protein that applies when you're in a restaurant, you're scanning the menu. If you're in a grocery store and you got to grab something real quick, you're starting with what's the protein. Yeah. And that's how the menu's laid out. When you look at entrees in a restaurant, there's meat, right? There's the steak, there's the chicken, there's the fish. It's which meat do you want? Mm -hmm. And then they tell you what sides come with those meats right it's based around the protein on the plate if you're out of your regular routine you're not eating at home your habit is you're a label reader yep the first thing you do when you pick up a new product is look at the ingredients first then maybe the nutrition facts if you see any number of types of added sugar if you see any of the hateful eight seed oils corn oil canola soybean sunflower safflower rice bran or grapeseed oil no go on those things because you treat yourself better than that. You're better than that. You don't put that in your body. I think one of the big mindset things is not that you can't have those things. It's that you don't. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Like I don't smoke. It's not that I can't smoke. I could, if I wanted to, I don't because it doesn't align with my habits and routines and values and goals and all that kind of stuff. I could anytime I have money. I could go walk to the corner store and buy a pack of cigarettes. Mm -hmm. I don't better than that. Better than that. So we've got, some good routines around bedtime, around a good sleep, both the last couple hours before you wake up, the last couple hours after after you wake up, um, lots of general daily movement, some healthy eating habit things to set yourself up for success so it doesn't require a lot of mental effort. Yeah. Meal prep day maybe, or just stock the fridge and freezer with, with good options, keep the junk food out of the house. Anytime you're building a meal, think animal protein first feed yourself, treat yourself like someone that you care about, read the labels, um, almost. And we did a whole episode on like deceptive food marketing practices, right? Even if the front of the package makes it seem like a organic, healthy, whole grain, whatever Mm -hmm. chances are when you know better and you read the labels, you'll see that that's maybe not a great product. And then something you had on here was like brain. games. Yeah. I think people neglect challenging their brain you know um the mind and body it's all one and the same right and you need to find ways to challenge yourself mentally every day you know keep yourself sharp try to avoid you know aging and alzheimer's and all those terrible Mm -hmm. things that can happen right so it can be something as simple as taking an alternate route to work right when you start building habits where you do the same thing every day your brain just hyper focuses on those things and it loses the ability to learn new things and and get challenged so drive a different way to 
to, to work, bike to work instead of um, driving to work. Do puzzle game, puzzles or puzzle games, even if you're going to be on your phone, instead of playing like a mindless whatever, if you have some sort of like thought-provoking, challenging puzzle game, it's going to be better for your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, reading, listening to podcasts, anything that keeps your attention and challenges you for a long period of time is going to help with that. Learn stuff. Learn stuff, yeah. Learn skills. Learn how to, learning. how to do whatever, arts, crafts, anything like that. Um, I recently downloaded, I don't even know if I told you this, it's called Elevate. It's a little brain training game app thing I have on my phone. So every day it comes up with like five different workouts, they call them. Oh yeah. And it's in different areas of writing, speaking, math. Um, and so they have you play all these little games. So like build your vocabulary or um, punctuation, where do the commas go or a bunch right. of math games. Like That's cool. Yeah. And it is really fun. So they, if I want to do something kind of like, to me, that's kind of a relaxing, like I'm just going to play on my phone for like five or 10 minutes yeah. at some point in my day. I like those little games and it is better because it's challenging my brain than if I was just playing like Candy Crush or yeah. something that's like. Any any warm. of those like monotonous media things, they're just, they're not challenging your brain, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like, it's easy and it's fun and you get those like little surges of dopamine, which is why they're popular. But all the like social media, right? It's all like a picture or a 30 second video or whatever. There's no like real brain stimulation there, right? So mm-hmm. You need to like put that stuff aside and and try to challenge your brain in different ways. Learning and problem solving. Yeah. And a lot of these things, these aren't like independent of each other, right? They can all very much overlap. For sure. Maybe you go for a walk and you listen to a podcast or an audio book or while you're doing your meal prep, you're listening to an audio book or watching something like I do that all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Podcasts and audio books. I almost always have playing when I'm in the shower, when I'm cooking, when I'm putting laundry away, just like otherwise boring times, I like to listen to conversations and listen to books. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I go for a walk, I'm going to, when I go get my eyelashes done this afternoon, I'm going to walk. So here's, I'm incorporating this into my routine. I could drive there. I could also walk. So I'm going to walk instead. Yep. And I'm listening on an audiobook to a book about immunology. Yeah. A really interesting story on the history of the immune system called an elegant defense. Yeah. Cool. So I'm ticking a bunch of boxes. I'm going to do some self-care stuff, get my eyelashes done. I'm going to walk there and I'm going to learn something while I'm doing it. Yeah. And I'm going to be outside in the natural light. I'm not going to wear sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> and every day people probably drive or walk or bike to work, right? That's perfect. Like turn the radio off. The radio sucks. Yeah. I don't know if I'm the <laughs> person that absolutely hates the radio, but I hate the radio. Like put any kind of audiobook or anything on instead of that. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds. Like I, my old boss, he had a long commute to the restaurant we were in, and he would do all of his business phone calls or listen to audiobooks the whole way. So it was like an hour there, hour back, and that's two hours every day that he, you know, was being productive instead of just listening to stupid radio announcers and mm-hmm. songs you don't really care about. Yeah, I think we've mentioned this before. I know it's in my sleep science course that's in the process of becoming available to you online coming at you soon. Um, if you, in terms of that bedtime routine, if you are the person that your brain or you hit the pillow and your brain is going a thousand miles an hour, the mind needs time for quiet contemplation. Yeah. And so maybe your drive to work is no distraction. That's another option Yeah. that maybe that is your kind of meditative, just think through, just go through your thoughts, whatever they are. If it's work things you have to categorize, if it's emotional stuff, it's, you know, creative stuff, whatever it is. You know, sometimes people like to think in the shower or mm-hmm. they like to think while they're driving or maybe a bike ride or any of those things. It's nice to have 
undistracted time in your day too. Yeah, absolutely. As much as I like to fill my time with like a constant barrage <laughs> of information coming at me there, some quiet time is nice too. Yep. Okay. So just build those healthy routines. They're, they kind of fell into three categories, good sleep habits, yep. good movement habits and good food habits. Yeah. Those are the three. And if you can just get them to the point where they're so automatic and so robotic that they require zero mental effort to do them. Awesome. Then that frees up your mental energy to put into the things that are really important to you. Family time, your relationships, your creative pursuits, like whatever. Yeah. Are those things freeze up your brain? Yeah. Don't expect big changes to happen overnight. You know, titrate up, slowly attack these things and, you know, celebrate the small victories along the way. Habit stacking, I believe. Habit called. stacking. Stack good habits oh. on top of each other. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next, next time. Next one.